When something happens to your kitchen, you might say, This is ludicrous. But that won't fix your home. That will only get you the rapper, Ludicrous. Having trouble? Don't panic. Don't be alarmed. You need to file a claim? Holler at State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. That's right. You can file a claim on the app or call us. Thanks, Mr. Chris. No matter how ludicrous the situation, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm, Bloomington, Illinois. There's no purpose in teaching anybody who don't really want to learn, who really don't want to get to it. Everybody want to play entrepreneur. They don't want the sacrifice that come with the shit. True. Late nights, early mornings. You're going to lose friends, lose girlfriends, family going to call you crazy, not going to believe in you, then you make it, and then everybody going to be like, I'm proud of you, let me get some money. What I've realized that wealthy people understand, mm-hmm. and people in general, it's the small concepts that you can apply to get wealthy. You don't got to be super smart and got to know all the intricacies of real estate or taxes or e-commerce or whatever, trucking, whatever yeah, it is. It's good if you want to be rich in that business, but yeah. you don't need to know that. You don't need to know everything. You just need to know small, basic concepts. Mm-hmm. And one of the smallest basic concepts that anybody can understand is get money by income. Mm. Get money by more money. I woke up feeling wealthy today. My bank account might not agree, but hey, that shit on the way. Me and my niggas laying brick on top of brick till we straight. If you the type that play the victim, you can't come in my space. You know this game ain't for the weak, it's hard to carry this weight. I keep my balance through the ups and downs, I'm never gonna break. You feel the purpose in my spirit when you look in my face. Cause this ain't a second, I can waste something food on place. What's good with it, wealthy people? Your boy, David Bellard. One of the leaders, the followers, the movement, all that shit with the Black Wolf Renaissance, man. You already know how it's coming. You already know how it's going. Uh, the often imitated, never duplicated Black Wolf Renaissance podcast. It's a yeah. lot. Of, yeah, it's yeah. a lot of uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. You attempts. know, we, we here, man. Season four has been going crazy. It's been an amazing time so far. And we got another great installment for y'all coming up. I'm here with my brother from another Mr. Killing them, Mr. Make them seasick with the waves. My brother Jalen Clark. <laughs> What's up? What's up, y'all? It's your boy Jalen, man. Another part of the Black Wealth Renaissance podcast. I'm feeling great, dog. Flew back yesterday. I've been missing the city. It's hot as hell out here, though. Yeah. So, you know, you got to dress accordingly. You see me in the shorts and the shirt because it's hot. Can't be wearing these pants and shit right now in Texas, dog. It is hot in the mug. Yeah, I wouldn't have no long sleeve on. My dumb ass, I wouldn't get poison ivy this week. Oh, I uh, got to watch how I touch you. I forgot about that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Especially yeah. on my couch. Be, so no, nah, man. I ain't, I ain't contagious <laughs> like that. I was out here trying to do some country stuff, cut down some trees. I mean, that, I wouldn't even call that country. I'll call that more yard work, more yeah, manly, you know. You know. Okay. Do a little yard work. I forgot that I'm allergic to the shit. We good. I think everybody's allergic to it. Nah, not everybody is. Okay, I feel like we need what? to intro me. Yeah, oh, this, this guy. We got, oh, we, we, we got to get to you. Okay. We got to okay. get to you. Okay. Yeah, but, yeah, man, it's good to see you. Good to have you back in Dallas, bro. Appreciate it. Definitely that, good bro. to have you back in Dallas. And as always, y'all, thank y'all for tuning in and tapping into the podcast. We got another very special episode, long awaited, highly anticipated. Anticipated, yes. You already know. This is a brother we met about a year ago, a little over a year ago now at this point. Probably about a year and seven days now. Not exact. Okay. (laughs) But we met him uh, through one of our mutual friends, our brother Reggie. And he hey Reggie, fuck you for introducing us to this guy. I like 
Is Whoa. that a bleed button? Because it's just rude. <laughs> Go ahead. Whoa. I know. It's just rude. But nah, man, our brother Reggie introduced us to this brother. And then we first met him, man, we, we got introduced. He was, he was like, yeah, bro, this man, he done events for the Super Bowl. He done done Grammys, like, Fashion Week, all, all these things. Like, Jazz Fest. And I'm like, who is this brother? Where y'all met him at? Where, where you found this guy? So we got tapped in. We started talking with him. And then, man, over the past years, grown into like a real organic friendship, a brotherhood. Yeah. None other brothership. Than a, a, a brothership. <laughs> None Coming other than that guy, man. Uh, the senior lead event. Uh, senior event producer. Senior event producer. Get it right. Surfworth Enterprises. There we Mr. go. Mr. Surfworth himself, William Haggins. William Sir Haggins William Haggins the fourth. Good to meet you. <laughs> and this is the wonderful home of mine that yes. you guys failed to mention that your location is at. So typically, you guys have it at um, other locations. It's yeah, not yeah. as nice. We a traveling podcast, <laughs> But man. not as nice. So we want to make sure that we <laughs> highlight the niceness. So hopefully you do a so pan we, we of my <laughs> living room to show how great it is and how... Um, but I also can hook that up, too. I have a feed for my interior design as well. So if you guys want to know about that, it's a different podcast. For the interior design part, because it's, you don't get this type of look just from any old thing. They say Art Van Furniture. They say IKEA Furniture. They say uh, shout out to them, though, if they would do a sponsorship deal. But that's not what this is. This is homegrown so, talent. Pop full, shit, bro. full disclosure: <laughs> This podcast is about to be a little ignorant. I want y'all to understand this. I'm drinking water, so we that's still here to, to give Jason what he was drinking Jimmy. before the water. Yes. I'm in my home, so just, yes, it would be good. But yeah, I will. We would like to say thank you. Appreciate you for opening up your home to us. You're a wonderful estate to us. We'll uh, wait we till the invoice cleared it. for the rental fee. It would be you. good. I appreciate it. It would be that. good. Yes, sir. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but so, it's been long overdue. It's been, yeah. you know, they, we've talked about it for many, many months about me coming on, and I'm happy that we finally be able to do this. Perfect timing, you know, um, and all that. So yeah, we're going to. Yeah. Yeah, we, we got some great this. stuff in the works. We're working on things coming down the line. Uh, we got the Black Men Summit coming up. But we'll get to more of that stuff later. Yeah, so, and then a very right special now, man, everybody, they probably want to like, man, who the hell is this brother? And why the hell we got this nigga on? Yeah, like, so <laughs> we, we just want to go back and do it how we do it, everybody, man. Just giving you a, a brief introduction to who you are um, in your own words. Okay. So my name is Sir Will Haggins IV. So I started in this event business about 10 years ago. I'm celebrating 10 years of business, July something. I forgot the date, to be honest. Um, thank you, thank you. So I uh, started as a kid who my mother was a corporate event planner. So I started in this industry growing mm-hmm. up in it. Did the corporate route. Uh, I used to be um, in banking. I worked my way up to the original branch manager with PNC Bank before I pieced out and quit. Because I got to the point, I was 25, I was the youngest. I got to that point, but uh, they were definitely wanted me to be a uh, white male, older white male, but I was me. Mm-hmm. Um, I couldn't wear the, I mean, I have a conversation really to be like, can you just wear a red suit? I mean, excuse me, a black suit or a blue suit with a red tie. And I'm like, no, that's not how I dress. I'm going to wear this olive suit. I'm going to wear this burnt orange. I'm going to wear this, you know, whatever. Express was my stuff back then. So I used to always wear the type of stuff. So. I ended up just venturing out and quitting and then um, moved to Texas the first time I was here, moved to Dallas, started uh, doing some small events, ended up working with Jerry Jones. Jerry Jones put me in contact uh, with the NFL and then from there it just kind of took off. So that's in a nutshell, like my story 
as of who I am. I'm not a big social media person, so I would say, like, follow me at whatever, but I'm not a big social media person. But I do have a social media, uh, but I pick and choose who I allow, and I unfollow people all the time. But uh, <laughs> so my social media is uh, Sir Fourth S I R the number four O U R T H. Yeah. So I will underscore man, events. Let's let's dive into it, bro. So I didn't know that your mom was in a corporate event. I didn't know that. Either. Yeah. I actually that was one. You of don't my ask first, questions. That's one of know. the first. I was saving it for the podcast, brother. <laughs> yeah. I, I like to be genuinely. Some so, stuff got to yeah, be organic, yeah, man. Yeah, I, I, like, can't be, I like to be genuinely like these are questions that I want to know. So. Okay, you grew up in a household. Your mom was a corporate event planner. Um, tell me, what does that transition look like from you leaving banking to going into doing your own thing in the events world? I'm trying to connect how you, with my mother. Would you go back? So, your mom was an event planner. Yeah. You went to corporate route. Went to corporate. Went to route. corporate route because I didn't see the money and event producing mm-hmm. when she was doing it. Okay. So that's the reason why I went to corporate and I went to college. So, so what you mean by that? What you mean? So you didn't when see she, it? when she, a lot of times in this industry, that's why I went on my own because corporations were trying to hire you to be to do a hundred and something events for the year and pay you forty thousand mm-hmm. dollars, and that wasn't what I was into. So it wasn't the money being a employee of a company doing events. There's no money in that. Mm-hmm. So it, that's what your mom was doing. That's she was employed was by the she company. She was employed by the just company. doing the events. Right. So I didn't see the money. She also had her own event company too, but she didn't know how to. And she always say, "Now nah, she wish I was older back then when she was doing it because she probably would have still stayed in it and took it a lot further because mm-hmm. of what I command now, she never thought that she could get mm-hmm. back then. I think a lot of times that's what just with black people in general, we're afraid to name our price. Mm-hmm. Like I say, and I know um, that I'm worth what I choose because of my experiences prove it. Um, so I think that's that's the difference. So that's why I didn't go that route. But then when I got out of that, out of corporate, again, my first job, I was making a, I made a really good salary. First, um, let's talk about it. Put the numbers out. I would <laughs> like to hear. It. So first job out of college, it was in it was in the nineties. Uh, my first job out of college. So like I said again to be twenty one, made the type of money you can tell me nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, so and it was like okay, I'm making this type of money, so I need to make sure that I continue to make the type of money. So I definitely had like a, uh, when I quit, um, I started my company and I had money saved up, right? So I started my company. Remember my um, launch party was over the top. I spent like $37,000 on a launch company my of launch a- Launch party, my nigga? Before you had any Before I had clients? any clients, before I had anything. And then people, the people who know who went, it was a good, it was a nice party. So I, you know, I had a- a a live, probably a live band. I had a live band. I love a live band. Live band karaoke as well, which is pretty cool. Um, I had caricatures. I had open bar. It was a really nice venue. That's in Michigan. I'm from Michigan originally. Um, so, yeah, it was just a really, really good first event. I spent about $30,000 on it um, because I, in my mind, I had the money. And I was like, so if I do a great event, the clients will come. At State Farm, we're committed to uplifting Black futures. In collaboration with organizations like 100 Black Men and National Urban League, State Farm provides high school students with the opportunity to learn and apply best practice strategies for saving and investing, all while offering academic support, life skills, and exposure to college access programs to prepare these students for life after high school. Check out 100blackmen.org and nul.org to donate and learn more. 
Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. When something happens to your kitchen, you might say, This is ludicrous. But that won't fix your home. That will only get you the rapper, Ludicrous. Having trouble? Don't panic. Don't be alarmed. You need to file a claim? Holla at State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. That's right. You can file a claim on the app or call us. Thanks, Mr. Chris. No matter how ludicrous the situation, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm, Bloomington, Illinois. Okay, so it I, didn't happen that way. That, go ahead. I, okay, that's exactly <laughs> what I was about to ask you next. So it did happen you you spent thirty thousand dollars to because we get into this transition, right? You climb the corporate ladder, realize I don't want to do this. I spent thirty k on a party. What was the return and investment on that party? I think it was zero. I feel like it was zero. But no, no. So I met from that party. I think one of the person who uh, my, my mom did a really great job of inviting people to this party. Like she was so outside the box when it comes to inviting people. Like, yeah, this is, I want to say before social media. Social media was out. Social media was out there. I'm a little <laughs> older. But uh, she was real good with, like, connecting with different organizations and, you know, like, through meetups, stuff like that, not just worried about one group, bringing big groups to come. So I think there was, from that, I think I ended up booking um, an event for, I did, for uh, World's AIDS Day in Detroit. That was the first, like, event they was having that year. So mm-hmm. I think I booked that from they came to the party and then I ended up booking that event from that. So I think it, it did come something did come from that. But I don't even think I made that much. Um that's so long ago. I don't think I made a so, lot of money. So if you could go back, would you funnel that thirty K into other areas of the business or do you not regret it at all? I don't regret anything that I did. Um no, I don't regret nothing. So everything was a was a, a learning experience mm-hmm. and you know, sad we had a good time. So, <laughs> I mean, I know that's one thing you people, all do. And I, like, from an event perspective, I make memories and experiences. So, anything I do is going to make sure that you remember it. People, when I post pictures recently about it, because it's celebrating 10 years, people, oh, yeah, I remember that. It's a lot of shit, a lot of stuff that I go to that. You can um, curse too, oh, this so is a cursing okay. one. Okay. Yeah. Of, <laughs> you got that little E next to all eyes. Okay, got you. So, a lot of stuff that I go to that people don't remember. And I go to a lot of events, you know, so all the time being in this industry and they all kind of look and feel the same. So when I do mine, it's always great that people remember 10 years later, oh, you had a bomb ass, you know, saying a uh, party, uh, you know, launch party. And it was, we had a good time. So I don't regret spending the money. So, okay, let's move a little bit forward. So you said your first event from that was the World AIDS? World AIDS Day, yeah. Was that your first event that you've done for the like your personal for my, company? For my own company, correct. What did you learn no, from? No, it wasn't. It wasn't that. What was the first? My first event was a walk. It was a, oh, it was part of it. So I did a, it was a whole, World's AIDS Day Detroit had brought me on, um, hired me, was, come, bring it back, it's 10 years ago, so I think about it. So they hired me, so it was a walk first, then it was the gala on World's AIDS Day. So the walk was like in, I think like June, July, something like mm-hmm. that, and then the actual World's AIDS Day is December 1st. So prior to that, what was your event experience? Was it solely with, my mom. with your mom? Yeah, mm-hmm. with my mom solely. So what does that look like to say, okay, I understand events and I can do this. What's some of the fundamental things that you have to think about when putting on a successful event? So number one, anything to do events is like project management. It's all the same stuff. So be able to juggle you know, saying the project and make sure that every single layer hits. So like I'm naturally OCD. That's just who I am. And I'm very uh, detailed. 
<laughs> very particular, very detailed, all that. And like in time management, just managerial skills, all this stuff has been me anyway. So I've always been very keen on that. So growing up in this industry, I get how people think parties and events are just so easy to throw. Yes, at your, you know, $2 level, 100%, it's easy to throw. You know, saying uh, Shaquanda baby shower or whatever. Shout out to Shaquanda. But uh, <laughs> at that level, yes, it's easy. But when it gets to corporate level and when it's these large moving pieces, there's a lot of stuff to go to it, as well as like festivals and stuff like that. It's a lot of stuff to go to it. So now, now it kind of goes into kind of what I was thinking about. You spent the money on the initial launch party in hopes of getting clients. Yes. So how did you land your first client, being that that wasn't what you thought it was going to be? I think when they came to the event, I think they had such a good time from the event. I think they just they saw the experience from, again, a launch party. I'm starting a company. This is a launch, and I'm spending all this. And it's like, it was a fun event. It was a super fun event. So I think from there, it was kind of like, okay, cool. We can, you know, book you. And I'm not going to lie that I may have um, said I've done a bunch of other stuff prior. Probably. You know, say that I. <laughs> you fluffed it up. Had to add a little. Even though it's my launch party. Well, we got a client. You know what I'm saying? I didn't have no clients. But, um, you know what I'm saying? But I knew that I could rise to the occasion. So mm -hmm. I'm like, you know, because, again, I grew up in this industry. I grew up with mama. Literally, it's like she put me to work. Um, so, yeah. So it was like, all right, we can do this. So what does that event look like? What what did you have to do? Did you have to assemble a team to get this accomplished? Yeah, 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 yeah. So I remember my first one, the, the walk, I reached out to, like, everybody who I was cool with, you know what I'm saying, because I want to make sure I had more bodies than I needed. So I reached out to everybody who I was cool with, and I was like, hey, could you volunteer? And I put, like, Go Forth shirts on everybody because uh, I had a brand at that time, Go Forth. Cause, you know, anytime I use my fourth, I'm going to use it. Um, <laughs> so everybody, it probably was like 40 people that ended up supporting me for that walk. Mm. Um, and it was deep. We was real deep. So, uh, and then that, and then that transpired to the actual event. I remember the event, uh, it's so long ago, but I remember we had a venue and then the day before the venue, and I'm looking down because I remember, um, something happened with the venue that we had to, we didn't have a venue. Something happened with the actual venue itself. Like they ran out of power it was something that happened. It was December in Detroit, so I don't even know what happened. But I remember I had to take it and use it at a parking garage. I had to move the event from inside in December, December in, Detroit in Detroit to an actual parking lot, a parking garage. I like a parking garage in the elements? In the elements. Oh, no. So I remember it was like, that's what like I knew I was built for this because events is all about problem solving. Like I say, either and I and I um, it's shit not gonna go the way you think it's it is, not, and it's crazy because all the different events that I've done, and I see these. Uh, I'm trying to not say it. I see these uh, Caucasian women uh, who get these high contracts, and then they they crumble under pressure all the time. And I'm sitting there watching them as they in the corner crying because this ain't going right, that going right, they get this going wrong, that's going wrong, and it's like, how did you get this contract? Because like we doing with such big stuff, it's like you have to be prepared for you know saying what's next you have to really be on your feet that can go wrong what's plan you know so what's plan be real quick so i remember the day before i got told you know somewhere out the venue um that i'm like okay well it's two last minute to do something like we got a parking garage i said fuck it let's do it at the parking garage and it was like how you gonna do it in the parking garage we're gonna figure this out so we i put plastic you know you know parking garages have that open then, part uh, mm -hmm. like tarp yeah the tarp around. the tarp around it to make the elements then i got these torpedo heaters 
you know what I'm saying, um, there. And then my, uh, the companies that I use for vendors and all that, it was, I mean, it turned out, which like y'all show pictures of stuff, whatever. Um, but it turned out man, super you dope. Send us the pictures. We'll get my man E. We'll we go, e, e, the pictures, pictures in there. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it turned out super dope and it was so different. And I think that's where it, like launched me in that creative space. Like, okay, everything had to go the right way, but as long as you quick and thing on your feet, you can make it happen. So, yeah, that's, that's a key thing right there. It's not even just in in events. That's in entrepreneurship. That's, that's just period. Solving. Like, so yeah, problem solving is is key because everything just life. Yeah. yeah, you know what I'm saying. It's it's like, yeah, solving. that's just you have to be able to problem solve. Either you're gonna ball up in a corner and be pissed off and crying and depressed, mm-hmm. or you're gonna figure out a way how to pivot. And that's what I did. I pivot. I'm like, okay, this because I easily could have canceled. It could have been like that, but I reached out to the vendors. Like, hey. I'm going to need more stuff from you. I ain't got no money. You know, so the budget is gone. We only had, you know, you know, we have a regular regular space. You don't need that much stuff because mm-hmm. it's already built in. But now we outside, but the vendors were cool. They was like, you know what? We're going to work with you. You know what I'm saying? That's what I've developed the same relationships from that vendor 10 years ago. And when I go to Detroit, I still use the same vendors when I do events. So that part of relationship building is important too. I'm glad you mentioned relationships. We're going to get into that a little bit later. Put a pause. Yeah, okay, remember yeah. that. <laughs> we're, going to get in, we're going to get into that later. So after, you know, you had to pivot and stuff, what was the actual client thinking whenever they figured out, you know, that, hey, we lost the original venue, and how did that move it forward? Then, you know, it coming to fruition, and it's still playing out. <clears throat> Do you still have that relationship with them? No, I'm trying to think. That client was a young white dude, and I remember because we were actually it was it was a lot of synergy and it was cool. That's when he gave me opportunity because, and I'll be honest with most people, like all my opportunities came from white people. My beginning yeah, of my career, you told us that before, hundred percent. Like I said, I'm not that person that's anti, you know, saying white because, like in my corporate ladder, the issues I had problems with climbing was all black people. I remember when I started at the bank, you know, what I'm saying to try to climb, people had to teach me stuff. The people who were black were not willing to teach me. They're like, oh, this young nigga about to come and try to take our jobs. Mm. But the white folks, they were open arms. You know what I'm saying? What you want to learn? What you want to do? So my first event who gave me opportunity was definitely a white man. So I remember when I told him about it, like what my plan was, he was like, okay, what we need to do? And he was, and he was a doctor. So he started the organization. Um, so he was just like, what we need to do? What resources we need to get? You know what I'm saying? We made it happen. Um, so... Let me ask you a question, I believe. Yeah, yeah, it does. So, moving forward, what was the next event? Oh, Lord. It's taking me back yeah. 10 years. Uh, that was the gala in December. Uh, uh, that was 2012. 2013. No, no. That's what happened. Okay. So, 2013. End of 2012, right? Going into 2013, I had an investor to I'm like tell you all my stuff. I don't even really talk about this stuff. But uh, uh, you gonna talk about it today. <laughs> this is BWR exclusives. Right, right. So I had an investor that was supposed to help me open up uh I think it was called um fourth uh I think barbershop and spa or fourth I can't think of the name of it, but it was like a, it was a barbershop and also it was like services like manicures, pedicures, facials, um as well as like a full bar. So I had an investor who mm-hmm. on January 1st supposed to send me $350,000 for this project. I remember I was on Christmas Day because I was at church at Triumph. And people know Detroit, they know Triumph. Anyway, um, I was at church and I got a text message or email from the investor canceling on Christmas. When I tell you, Man, I meant Christmas is canceled for real. Chris, when I tell you, I was bawling, 
boohooing, bawling in church was so devastated because this was like my next thing to do. You know what I'm saying? Because especially I quit my job as corporate. Yeah, I did my couple of events, but again, I wasn't making no money in events back then because mm-hmm. I was new. I didn't know what to charge. I'm just like happy somebody gave me an opportunity. I probably like a thousand dollars, five hundred dollars. I don't know what it was, but but I knew I got this three hundred fifty coming January first. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? So once that happened, I literally I pivoted and I said, "Fuck this! I'm moving to Texas." So literally within days from Christmas to Christmas Eve, I packed up whatever I could fit in my car and I relocated here to Texas. The Christmas first time. Eve or New Year's Eve? No, I, I left Christmas. I got here New Year's Eve. Okay. New Year's Eve. So December 31st. Yeah. Okay. So I drove. I'd say I'm going to start the New Year's off somewhere else because I was depressed. Mm-hmm. So I did that. Mm-hmm. And then that's when. Yeah, I think 2020, 2013 was the was the beginning of part of 2013 was a definitely a challenging year. I ended up on silly events anymore. I started bartending. I think when I started bartending, that's when I ended up meeting people from the Cowboys because a lot of the Cowboys used to be at the bar. I used to bartend at and manage. And that's how I got connected to Jerry Jones, and that's how that took place. So that pivot from me just saying, I don't want to do, let me just go to, I had a cousin who lived here. He was like, man, just come on. And I just came to Texas, to Dallas, to Fort Worth. You said something earlier that I really wanted to unpack. I, you mentioned that first you weren't making any money in the events, but you were talking about how whenever you work for a company, they want to pay you peanuts to do amazing things. But whenever you're an entrepreneur, you can command a much higher salary mm-hmm. in that same field. So how did you start identifying like and raising your price? Because I think a lot of entrepreneurs struggle with that, right? Yeah. Because it's like you say, I know my value. I want, I know, I'm trying to relate it to them. How did you start doing that? It was, um, what helped me to realize what I, what I was not getting paid was one particular big function. I'm not even going to say what it is that I did where they told me, hey, you know, you could have got last year, um, 40 some thousand, mm-hmm. but we only paid you, I think it was like 1500. And oh, wow. th- th- they budgeted for 40,000? Yes. And at that point, for one event, for one event, and you took $1,500 $1, for that. And I thought the 1500 was something, you know what I said? Because I was like, because coming from, because again, most people in events, you know, X amount of years ago, they wasn't making the type of money. Like I said, so it wasn't, I'm used to like, again, people who do weddings and stuff like that, they're making a few hundred bucks, $500. So, you know what I'm saying? I wasn't thinking like that, but she was like, and she told me, this is a black woman. She told me once she left or whatever, the organization or whatever, she told me that again, right into, she was like, you know, we have budgeted, you know, 40 K for somebody in your position, whatever, for your role. And, but you, you know, you accepted 15. So telling me that I ended up doing it for a couple more years after, and I ended up getting more than that. But I, yeah. Man, shout out to to sis because not no. enough people gonna tell you that. Like, shout out to of, them. <laughs> <you're> <laughs> right. But yeah, I didn't even tell. Like I say about yeah, that she can be named, but the rest I'm not gonna name. Like I said again, it's it's a lot more to that, and it's, and it's still it could be some even more stuff to that, but some legal stuff. But go ahead, we don't want to get into that. But yeah, and we we're not trying we, to. I think in this industry too, and people yeah. in entrepreneurship period, you're gonna have people who sue you. You're gonna sue people. You know what I'm saying? You're gonna, it's, it's going to be interaction with people who try to blackball you because you stand up for yourself and all the type of stuff. So it's like, especially, I always say, like, speak your peace and be real about it, but also understand that this industry, especially what you're in, is also very small. 
And I'm just not trying to burn bridges with people. Like, say, this stuff happened, you know, say, X amount of years ago. Mm -hmm. But if I bring it back up to the surface and name people, stuff like that, then it just all brings it back up. And I'm just like, some people I let go, you know, saying years ago, I'm doing well. Hope they're doing good. You know, stuff like that, too. But, yeah, it was it was some shit when I first, you know, started. And because, too, it's a woman-dominated industry, mm -hmm. right? So, like I said, coming in as a male into this, it definitely was met with a lot of resistance because – Honestly, a lot of the clients prefer men over because I'm like, I'm very straightforward. I'm very cut and dry. Just how it is. Like, mm -hmm. I don't leave room for interpretation. It's like I'm not doing all this. You know, so I'm not emotional. It's just like this is what it is. You know, what I'm saying a lot of clients appreciate that because, again, I've watched so many other females in this industry literally buckle under pressure. It's a very high stress um, you know, some type of work. Yeah. Whenever things need to happen, they need to happen right, right then, then, right? And I don't even get time for you to be breaking down, crying, and it's like then just like emotions are are on ten. You know, I'm not going to talk to you in a warm and fuzzy tone. I'm not going to do a compliment sandwich. I'm going to say I need this. I need this now. You know what I'm saying? And that's where like a lot of people. That's why I have like a hard time with volunteers and these large functions because they don't get that. Mm -hmm. They think because at the volunteer orientation, you know, saying Will is so nice and I am. You know what I'm saying? But when I'm on site. I'm like focused. So I don't have time to be like, energy. hey, Mama Sandy, how you doing today? Da, 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 da. Like, no, I need you to be over there. Why are you not in your command? Da, 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 da. And they get so flustered by not being that same person that I was at the orientation. Now it's that I'm on site. Like I said, again, when you have so much and it's thousands and thousands, tens of thousands of people mm -hmm. who attend these functions that I do, it's like I'm responsible for a lot of stuff. And people are like, I don't have, I don't have time for the, you know, say I've grown better over the years because as I like, um, mastering my craft, I've been able to balance, you know, being hardcore and also being like a nice person. So, you said something else that I kind of want to unpack, and it's a lot that, of great stuff. That <laughs> was that was like the relationships part. Yeah. Though. So even you know, I said we was gonna come back to it. You were like, you know, I don't want to burn bridges, but I think that's something that you do extremely well is build relationships with people and you understand how to get to the decision maker really well as well. Yeah. So I kind of want to talk about what, how did you learn how to build these relationships and what is important to foster these type of relationships That's to where they question. can last years? That's a good question. Cause I've always been that way. Um, like I say, cause people who know me, know me, know that I can like get into anything, call anybody, you know what I'm saying? Sporting concerts, whatever. I can call anybody, get into anything. Will the plug. <laughs> it really is. I think that's important yeah, because it's, I think it's, it's, it's just being, number one is being yourself because like I said, I'm, I'm a good time. I'm a, I'm a personality. Everybody know that, whatever. But I always make sure that I stay myself. I don't care if I'm around a bunch of billionaires or I'm around the hood niggas. I'm a be will. You know, so I think people and even with dealing with a lot of celebrities, um, they've always been like, you know, so I don't fan out like I really don't. You know, so I'm always going to be me. I think that's the first thing. So relationship currency is super important because those are open up doors for me way more than again. I'm not a person on social media. I'm not stuff like that. A lot of people use those avenues to have doors open up for them. I haven't I don't use that. Like I said, just for me, it's relationships that people remember me uh -huh. and they remember how you interacted with like I said again they remember that if they came to one of my functions or if I met them at a function that we had a great time together and I'm always about follow through everybody loves McDonald's fries so yes you accused your mom of stealing some of your fries on the way home um but the bag did feel a little light ba -da -ba -ba -ba.
So if I met you at this one function, you know, so I'm going to shoot you an email. I'm going to just keep in contact. I'm not a user. So even like these people who are um, from CEOs of companies to artists to managers, whatever, I literally just see people with text messages or like, hey, just what's up with you? You good? Da, 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 just throughout the year. So when mm-hmm. I ask for something, it's not seem like, damn, you only call me when you want something. You know what I mean? That makes and sense. a lot of people do that. Like, and I, some people like, people hit me up like, nigga, I ain't talked to you and God knows when. Why are you contacting me? And you know they just something? want some shit. Exactly. They, so they, come like, with, they hit you with that. Hey, bro, how you been? Yeah. <laughs> like, it's been a long it. time. Yeah. Huh? And then I say, and I just show appreciation to people who do stuff for me. So like, if I'm in that town that certain people is at, or somebody always giving me tickets somewhere, or something like that, like I always be like, hey, or they come in town for something, let's go to dinner. You know what I'm saying? My treat. Let me just show you my appreciation because again, relationships are so crucial. And I definitely try to burn bridges. You know, again, throughout my life, we make those mistakes. And again, sometimes we react first and then we think about the consequences after. Uh, as I said, now I'm like I'm I'm older now. I know the difference. I'm like, yeah, some people there's some stuff that happened to me that was completely shady that mm-hmm. shouldn't happen. You know, some people just did but, some very wrong stuff, but it happens for a reason. But I, I, to that point too, like I want I don't want to look at it and think of it as always like burning bridges is a bad thing. One thing that I've learned from you over this past year is really setting boundaries in relationships. Oh. Let, let's get into that because like, <laughs> that's a good one. Cause like, no, really in a, on a professional level, this is yeah. one thing I really admire about you. You let people know what ex- you set really good expectations right out and, the gate. And you set boundaries really well in a professional setting. And I feel like a lot of times I know me personally, I struggle with that as a solopreneur coming out. Right. Like, I gotta, be, solopreneur. Yeah, you, you know, okay, I gotta do everything. I gotta yeah. be, I gotta be this. I gotta be that. And it, what it creates is like this life where you have no boundaries between your business and all these other things. Or like you're trying to do everything all the time. Well, that still is me. I haven't mastered that part yet because you know <laughs> I'm, I'm a control free like no other. But I will put people in their places and let them know what and will I what and will I and what will I want. You know, mm-hmm. what I'm saying except from them. From clients to vendors to whatever. And I'm a person, I'm a very direct individual too. So like I'll let you pass your passive aggressive remarks. But then again, like I said, I'll contact you. You know some people who we have had. I'll contact you direct and be like, hey, do we have a problem? Because I'm not going to continue to do this childish passive aggressive mm-hmm. dance with you. I'm going to get you directly and be like, hey, what's the issue? If either we can work with together or we can't. So I'm not going to continue to do it. But yeah, but even with the vendors, vendors know with me too, like I said, I expect a level of, of expectation, a certain level of excellence because the vendor, people don't care that the caterer messed up. Mm-hmm. It's about who produced that event. Yeah. Will. You know what I'm saying? It's like, and everything from the valet to the, you know saying, to the audio people, the sound, sound, the mess, I hired all these people. So all that stuff is is on me. So I get in their ass mm-hmm. because it's like it's y'all messing up my brand. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. It's like, and if I'm going to rock with y'all and always have y'all be my number one vendors, y'all need to make sure that y'all got my back too. Mm-hmm. So that's what it is. So I just really make sure a lot of people are not used to that, but I'm very much so very hands on, and I will let you know from the beginning because I'm not. We're going to set a tone day mm-hmm. one because I don't want you to come back a year later thinking that was acceptable and it's not. Even you even do it like because I know you recently took a nine to five job yeah. and you was like, you know, you told them as well, like, yo, we're not doing <laughs> nah, that. He, he didn't take a nine to five. Yeah. Like, he bullied them people. <laughs> uh, yeah, they but you negotiations. People, they may be individuals who are watching, so shout out so, to I, I, I know you were but I know you you know set you set your boundaries as that as well. And I see that 
in the corporate space, sometimes someone get hired for this, but then they end up in taking on all of these other roles that they were not hired for. So if there's someone who's listening, how can they set those boundaries for their job as well as like, you know what? This is what y'all hired me for. Right. So when I came to the table again, my resume speaks for itself. Right. So I know that I'm going to be the best candidate, you know, saying for that. But also I need to make sure let them know I run a business and what I make from this business, I make more than what y'all can pay me. Mm. So I need y'all to understand that from the beginning. So if you can't stay within these confines that we have agreed upon, then I can't be here. Mm-hmm. So and I think that was understood. And I, I was I was perfectly clear during the interview process the day I got hired, the day I sat down with them. Like, look, I cannot be here all day. I won't be here all day. You know, I say I will. This will be treated like a client scenario you would be another client of mine but i also have other clients who pay me extremely well for what they do i'm not going to miss out on that money for your money not going to happen so i think again from the beginning just setting that up i'm not going to tell you what you want to hear i'm going to let you know what it is from the beginning and then again if you're cool with that we can do business if not then there's other people who want sir william haggis the fourth Okay, with the full name, <laughs> the full government. All right, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna Google that shit too. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, so that's that's the difference, like I said. But it, it worked out good. I'm happy for that organ that organization because um you know it's still like a it's not a long term position, it's still a contract position. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it has expiration. Um, but it's a great work, work relationship with the individuals, and it opened up a door for me, especially being another a new area. Mm-hmm. Meeting new people and stuff like that it actually was a good situation for me. Yeah, there there was something else that you talked about the lawyer part, like well, not even the lawyer part, but like the suing part and being a, in business and yeah. some of you know the risks that are associated with it. And I think that was really a good topic that I don't want to brush over because. I do think a lot of times in business, entrepreneurs think that everything is going to be peaches and cream. Oh, no. And no. everything is going to be roses. Yeah. 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 Like I said, let me, let me, I can speak on because I'm very transparent and very open. I said that. And I hate when people get on these platforms and talk about, you know, saying all the good stuff or whatever. Like, I don't know. Um, forgive me. Like I said, I don't know. You know. Hey, you good. Yeah. I understand I don't know where people, you were going. Yeah. So, <laughs> like I said, I don't try to, I try to be very, very transparent. So, um, 2020 would have been the best year. I, that, I was going to talk about Okay, that, yeah. yeah. For my event company. 2020 in Detroit, there were, you know, anybody from Detroit or know the, the, how over the years it just have been such a great evolving place to be. So there was tons of big events and functions coming to the city. And me being a destination management company, again, there's levels to this thing um, called, let me stop on the levels real quick. So I hate people say, you uh, you event planner? No, I'm not an event planner. Event planners, so let me, let me put the scale for you so people you're could come on, it, event it, No, hold on, hold on. I want him to paint the picture of this shit. Get into it. What, the, the levels? Yeah, 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 yeah. So there's levels to this. So when you first start off, you typically are an assistant to an event coordinator, mm-hmm. right? That's the first level you start off at. Then you start off as event coordinator. Then you go to event planner. Then you go to uh, event manager. Then you can go to like a senior event manager. Then you go to event producer. Then you can go to senior event producer. So there's many levels you have to climb before you get to that level of a senior event producer. I think people don't understand the magnitude of what we do 
for these larger events. People think they just show up and think it's hot. No, no, no. It's a lot of moving pieces that come to these larger events. So people say, oh, you just plan events. No. Again, if I if I just plan, you know, some of these baby showers are big and, and, and spectacular, but if I just plan you at Mama House baby shower, you know what I'm saying, then yes, that's an event planner. But those who actually do big, elaborate millions of dollars in budgets, these are productions. Mm-hmm. And that's why, like I said, they become an event producer these are not just an event anymore. These are true productions that go on. There's camera crews, there's lighting, there's sound, there's videos. There, you know, it's, a, it's, it's, it's a, a run of show time. I mean, it's all types of stuff that go into make sure these productions run right. Mm-hmm. But that was a segue for that. So let me back back to 2020. So 2020, again, was supposed to be the best year for my career. I had signed on. So I, didn't divers- I diversified my business. I had... Not only the event company, but I had a print company mm-hmm. that we did all the print stuff for events. So I thought it was smart. Okay, I'm writing all these big checks to this print company for signage, for merchandise. Why not have a company myself? Check. Did that. Also, security company, event security. I'm writing even bigger checks for event security. So why not assemble event security company? Did that. Mm-hmm. Check. Also, catering. Okay, there's another big expense for these things. Why not get a percentage of that? Get that too. Check. Now I got all these buckets. Not only am I getting my management fee to run the event, I'm getting a check for catering. I'm getting a check for uh, security. And I'm getting a check for the print work. We good. Vertical integration. We good. We good. Then an invisible virus came. Corona. One thing we don't. No, I'm gangbanging against Corona. I had that shit recently, and we out here beating it. That gangbang, I had it like three, four times. Yeah, you You had it too many. Yeah, right, right. (laughs) So I had one of the first people in Michigan to have it. Anywho, so when that came, it was like okay, (laughs) (laughs) patient zero, really patient zero over here. So when that came, it was like the governor was like okay, one week. You know, because they had to spoon feed the Americans because if we they tell us like, oh, oh, no, we shut it down for months at a time. But then I just slowly started seeing that, you know what, we're not going to be back. So all my contracted work that I have for the year, I personally just on the event side, on the event side, not even the other branches of business mm-hmm. I had, I would have made about three hundred some thousand dollars just on that side. Not the other businesses. Mm-hmm. So when I start seeing all these things cancel, I did. I fell into depression. And I'll be honest with depression. Like I was in a mental hospital because I was so overworked and had so much stuff going on. You know, it's so again, yeah, at a point where you say, I've always had an issue with making sure that I, I did everything. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I just had to do everything because I didn't trust anybody that would do it like how I would do it. Mm-hmm. And that's a big part for entrepreneurs. How do you grow? As a business, I'm still learning it myself. How do I grow as a brand, as a business, if I have to do everything? And I said, I try to bring on people, and then they, you know, they um, dissatisfy or they disappoint me, whatever for that. But yeah, I had a whole mental breakdown in uh, 2020. Quite, un- quite understandable. It was a whole, yeah, it's a whole it, thing. I mean, you said, like you said, you've seen 300000 on the books go down to nothing. And like you said, you went through through this depression. I kind of want to talk through that more, right? Because whenever we met you, you told us you I don't did, even yeah, do events. I don't do no events. More. Right. You was gonna be a realtor. Yeah, you got a real. I, when I walked in your garage, I seen the realtor. <laughs> I, so I laugh at that all the time. Like, oh, that's right, I forgot real? about that. Yeah. So because I was so, 
I was so done with events because I was that was my life. You know what I'm saying? Like that was all I knew for the last what eight years, whatever year, two twenty twenty was eight years. Yeah. So it was like that's all I knew, and it was like, and then you get to a point in your career where it's like, oh yeah, I'm the man now. You know what I'm saying? Like this, this is it. This is for me. And it's like I knew from that year, 2020 and beyond, I was gonna be untouchable. You know, mm-hmm. what I'm saying in this space because like I had booked the right stuff with Forbes. I booked stuff with uh, different marathons around the country. Like, you know, I did. I was having events that overseas. Like, I was. I got some good stuff. Some big brands that was booking me. So I'm like, yeah, I'm the man. So, and when all that stuff crumbled, it was like, you know what? Maybe when I moved to Texas, it's like maybe I should do something different. Mm-hmm. And then everyone was like, oh, you got this personality, this charisma, da da da. You should do real estate. So, and it's funny so you said that because I'm like, okay, you know, I'm taking my exam, take the test. Um, Never got a client, never sold a house, none of that. But it's like when I would start like trying to market myself to people, people was like, oh, real estate agents are a dime a dozen, right? So they were just like not really into that. But they was like, well, what else you used to do? Well, before this, I used to do da 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 da. Man, you say 400,000 people at the Jazz Fest and everybody ears. I know what I'm saying? Oh. Yeah, it was crazy what? because like people definitely was like, oh, because that's different. Mm-hmm. A lot of people, especially people of color, people like me, in my age, whatever, have not done the level of events that I've done. Mm-hmm. So when you tell people that, it's instantly like, oh, for real? And then that's where relationship currency comes from. Now people are connecting me to people. Oh, my God, you got to meet this guy. He do these type of events, da 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 So they went from I'm not doing events anymore to back to that's all I'm doing again. So, um, But, again, it was just a depression from thinking that I was a failure, mm-hmm. that maybe it's not what God wants from me. You know what I'm saying? Because if I had Supposed to be my best year. Now it's my worst year. Literally, I mean, I had some money saved up, thank God, from the year prior. But that was a broke year. Yeah. I mean, living off of unemployment, um, you know, and not thinking. You know, I, I lasted longer than most people probably could because I had a little bit of extra money saved up. But, yeah, that was a broke year. That was a very broke year. Yeah. That was a broke year. 2021 I, I, I really want to talk about, like, coming back up out of that. Because, like, I don't think we talk about that part of it enough for entrepreneurship. And... I know it's something because I'm yeah I faced it I faced I faced burnout like from October of last year so I say about the a few months ago I really had no desire no desire because it it just was this feeling like oh man yeah so even for me like from July up until maybe like February March I was facing the same type of feelings as well. Yeah, I didn't do anything. So from COVID started, started, excuse me, March 2020. From March 2020 through, I would say, June 2021, I met Mm y'all. I didn't do nothing. You know what I'm saying? Not a thing. You know what I'm saying? I didn't do anything at all. And I remember my psychiatrist told me when I got out of the mental hospital, like, take three months for yourself. Like, don't do nothing. I'm like, sir, I have all these businesses. I can't take three months. Mm -hmm. But... Then COVID happened, and it's like three months turned into a year and a half or whatever of me not doing nothing. And I think from that break, I was able to finally, like, take the time I've always needed. Because, again, I was always on that fast track. In high school, I got honors, got uh, academic scholarship to college. College, I had to do my thing to make sure that I got out of college, got a good job. You know what I'm saying? I got that first good job. I had to make sure I proved myself. It's like you always are always trying to be the best, always trying to be this. And then when you start entrepreneurship – you know what I'm saying, Arena, you always got to be the best. You got to outdo, da, 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 da. And it's like, and then people, and I would say, especially our people, it makes it more even challenging and difficult because, like, some cities like Detroit, and I, and people know who live there, it's definitely a, a, a crab 
in a barrel type of mentality. mentality. Yeah. It's only going to be one of us. It's going to be you. It's going to be me. And everybody crawling and clawing and kicking and scratching and shooting and fighting, you know what I'm saying, to get to that position. And it's like, it's just, it's, it's draining. Mm. And that's what I When I moved to the South the first time in 2013, just to be so embraced by people, it was crazy. Like, you know, I remember because I was struggling my for 2013, like living with my cousin broke as hell. And I remember the friends I just met, they put together like $2,000 for me. It was like, don't you know, worry about money. You know what I'm saying? He got using a little cash. I'm like, you don't even know me. You know what I'm saying? But just that type of, you know, Southern hospitality, which is correct, that don't come from the North. Um, but a lot of people in the North has moved to the South now, so it's a good mixture. I <laughs> think you'll get the same thing. Y'all niggas bringing all y'all attitudes. <laughs> yeah, yo. Hey, we're bringing all doggy quick, dog quick world. Quick message. If y'all gonna come to the South, don't bring that bullshit right. with y'all. Come with a yeah. smile. In the embracing. Embracing, yeah. Sorry. I feel like I'm in my sweat. I don't know. My house, just AC with you doesn't get a little, get a little hot. Nigga, they don't care. Oh, I was just saying. I'm just saying. Yeah. Like we not sweating. sweating. We good. We good. I feel like I'm, I'm not. I'm good. No, you good. Okay. You might be a little like, shiny, but you good. I feel like it's a little, a little hot. Look at the dab. Yeah, you good. Look at the dab. Um, yeah, so I think that's what it was. Like, taking taking that break, taking the opportunity to be like, you know what I'm saying? I had this much time to do it. It's been a lot of time. You say, talking to my therapist, talking to God. You know, saying figuring out what is it that you know, saying we're going to do, but always everything kept going back to events for me. That's what I'm great at, and it's so effortless for me. You know, saying that's one thing that is just I literally do it in my sleep. Like I, I, I literally I can plan a hundred thousand plus people festival in like three months. It's crazy. Like, it's so easy for me. If I got the money and nobody in my way, like, I hate committees because people just waste too much time for me. But um, if I can do it all myself, mm-hmm. oh, it's going to be done. That's going to be great. But committees, people, I got this idea, got that idea. Da, 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 Having da. meetings about meetings. Meetings about meetings about meetings. Just everything just takes so long to prolong. You know what I'm saying? So, but, yeah. I got another question for you, Will. You, we, we going through this now with the summit. Let's talk about getting money okay, from like, let's talk about the other companies. <laughs> <laughs> nah, let's talk about getting money from corporations. Corporation. Well, I've been getting, getting, getting. Isn't that a song? I'm trying to stay re- relatable to the audience, you know, to the people. Bro, that shit was ten years ago, nigga. <laughs> <laughs> that shit was that shit is years old as you. Well, you know what? So this nigga was trying to call me old bitch, but you you wish when you get to my age that you continue to look youthful. Y'all young niggas be twenty something years old and looking way older because y'all. Y'all smoked out, y'all drunk out, all this type of stuff. But no, I say we I keep look it. good. I don't know what you talking we'll about. We'll let the poll show. Let's bring a poll. <laughs> <laughs> but no, um, what was the question? See, this nigga always give you off sidetracked. Get, uh, <laughs> Get getting money corporate from dollars. corporations. Okay. Yeah, corporate dollars. So I've always worked on the uh, sponsorship fulfillment end, mm-hmm. right? So there's always been a team, especially like, and people understand with these big events, there's always multiple teams that work these big events. There's a marketing people, there's a sponsorship people, there's the operations team, and there's the event team, you know, whatever. So sponsorship people, whatever, people who handle getting the money, and then, you know, we say, hey, we got an $8 million budget for this event. They get the money. I just spend the dollars, right? So now being transitioned to both sides, it helps because I know how to fulfill the events because, again, I've done a sponsorship fulfillment, and I know how to make sure that from a sponsorship side, it looks good for them and attractive for them to want to sponsor and so all these organizations I work with now who typically have had smaller budgets, and I said, no, increase that budget. Because if you, sponsors will pay for your events if 
is something that they see value in. Mm-hmm. Now, if you have in the backyard Baptist barbecue that you had the last 15, 20 years, no one cares about that. So, but if you elevate it mm-hmm. as some national recording artist, stuff like that, now the budget goes up, sponsorships go up because people actually want to attend that event. And that's the difference in these events. People don't understand the day of just getting dollars. Again, these liquor sponsors, so like they, they, for black people, they love a good you know, liquor sponsor, which is great. You know what I'm saying? They give you the three to $5,000. To me, I call that pity dollars because these are very small dollar amounts. If you know sponsorship dollars, sponsors give money to events, tens of thousands to hundreds to millions of dollars for events. So, okay. Do I need something special to get this money, Will? Like, you need to have a proof of concept. If you don't have a proof of concept, again. So that proof of concept would mean that you've, prior, you've done this event prior. You've done it prior, meaning that you, and there's a certain demographic. You can show demographics. Mm-hmm. So sponsors want to know, do you align with the initiative that they have for that year, right? So if their initiative is based off the arts, let's say, for example, does your organization or your event align with the arts, right? That. Then do you fulfill the demographic requirement? Who's showing up to your event? If you got 12 people, we don't care. You know what I'm saying? If you got hundreds of people, thousands of people, and it fits into that age group, the millennial demographic and Gen Z, Z. yeah, that's, you know, then cool. If you have a bunch of old people, even AARP don't sponsor, you know what I'm saying, AARP anymore. Like they have marketed now to millennials. You see the commercials they have, because that's that demographic of people who have disposable income. Untapped right. demographic. So it's like you have to remember those two things for that. Mm-hmm. And then also, again, the main point part is all this is just to network, 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 network. Go to a lot of these events that have sponsors. Mm-hmm. Um, then they're all there. They all have a table. Somebody there connects you to that, you know, it's in that group. So that's the whole thing important. But again, we fixated our people are on, on these liquor sponsors. And it's like, yes, they're easy to obtain. But it's like if you want to put on great events $5,000 ain't going to do it. Mm-hmm. I have never done an event under a hundred and some thousand dollars. Like I don't know how to do an event for $5,000. Even your first event. Yeah. That was, yeah, that budget was over that too. Yeah. Sheesh. So yeah, but that was like sponsored by Delta, um, the airline. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. So like you, and they got big sponsors because of the type of event it is. But yeah, no, but white people have always had, you know, said big events. It's just us. They've always tried to, you know, because we always think. Because black people taught to make a dollar out of 15 cents. Right. And we always think, too, that, you know, say we have to fund it ourselves. So if we have to fund it ourselves, yeah, I only can afford a $5,000 event or even that, a couple of thousand dollar event. But it's like also, too, we just have the same old raggedy shit. And it's like, I don't know how many events I go to. I go to, my social calendar is probably longer than my event calendar. Like, I go to so many events and there's so boring they're so like you i leave it and i totally forgot i went to it i'm glad you're bringing this point up because that was another question i wanted to ask you is how do you differentiate your events and create these memorable experiences from the boring events that is so minute and seem so redundant so i always tell clients before <laughs> what i mean with the client i always tell them i am the producer of this show this is my event and you just happen to be <laughs> able to be privileged to join it. I always tell customers, like, uh, clients that. And they'd be like, what? Because it, ultimately, if I don't enjoy the event, I can't put my, you know, say name on to it. So it's not. It scared me with the scratching. Bro, bro, bro. <laughs> don't, 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 bring, don't bring no attention to it. <laughs> <laughs> Nigga itching, bro. I told you. I said, oh, Lord, it's spreading. 
Is it contagious? <laughs> I gotta get a vaccine. What? No, you don't need a goddamn vaccine. <laughs> is it airborne? I gotta get that, that's that's why I got the long sleeves on. <laughs> I'm trying to, trying to spare the I ain't gonna lie, I wasn't paying attention to it. You I are. Saw it. I, I hate said, you. God, 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 God. I'm like, okay, I know he ain't got eczema, so it must be something else going on over there. Okay, so I always let them know from the beginning, like, this is, you know, saying this is my production, right? So I have to make sure that I love it. So, and I always tell them too, like the programming, no one cares about your programming at, at the event. No one cares. Like people go to a gala or a luncheon, mainly they're going to network and to talk to people who are there. If you talk to people all day about point. your programming, about you can get up on the stage, have 50 people walk up and talk about boring shit, boring shit, boring shit. No one cares. So I always tell clients, like no one cares. And I, the, the, the likelihood that you continue to get sponsors after your boring events, people talk to people like the... Put it in a slim to none. Put it in a QR code. They can read your shit later. You know what I'm saying? That's why I always try because no one they're coming to be entertained. If you want to get money from these events, entertain the guests that are there. No one cares. If you want to have a seminar, have a seminar. But your luncheon, your gala, your whatever should not be in that format. Even seminars are boring as hell. Even conferences, it's like they, it's all the same stuff. And it's like. I have ADHD. I was been diagnosed. I've been seeing a therapist. I'm big up to mental health because I've always my mother was really big in making sure that we had therapists as kids. Mm-hmm. We always had a lot of black families don't have that. I'm not a typical black family, but my parents divorced at ten. My mom immediately put us through uh, uh, counseling mm-hmm. right at ten years old. Make sure that we dealt with the separation of our parents. So I've always had this. So I was diagnosed with ADHD. Yeah, you. I was diagnosed with ADHD back then. So I've always I try to plan events that excite me if i'm bored then the crowd is bored and i know it takes slim you know to enough me to be bored so i'm like okay and that's how i try to make sure that i have my events like that but it's so boring like no one no one cares no one cares this this 50 people up the stage talking we don't care we don't care where is the entertainment we all people come out to enjoy music right yeah or network talk to people like a lot of times especially during the middle of the day or at nighttime people get dressed up to go to the event like they going to have a good time. They mm-hmm. want to drink. They want to eat. They want to socialize. We don't want to sit down and listen to your program, draw out for hours and hours and hours because sister got Mary got a speech. This person and these speeches be so damn keynotes after keynote after keynote. Good Lord, just sit down. We don't care. We don't care. So just make it. If you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. At participating McDonald's. Like an experience. As I said, while people suddenly walk in the door, that's a creative piece. And I think I want to give credit to a certain individual. It's the worst Worst ever. I'm like right at his camera. The worst ever workmanship ever had. Because <laughs> this is the worst ever relationship working wise, working with somebody. This person played me, left so many times, still owe me money uh, in this business. But I will say that person, what they did teach me was creativity. They taught me, I'm using that those pronouns because you're gonna know if a guy or girl, but they taught me how to think outside the box when it comes to events. Mm-hmm. Terrible business person, absolutely terrible. Like I said again, where it ran over me, left me with several bills for events, didn't show up to them, all this stuff is terrible. Yeah. Absolutely terrible. To this day, owe me tens of thousands of dollars. But, um, you know, he, they taught me that. I almost said the gender. They taught me that. And that's the part I was talking about with suing people. 
Because you're going to have to. In this industry, it's in period. You know what I'm saying? Get you a good team. CPAs are important. I'm sure I talk about this stuff. CPAs are important. Lawyers are important. Because this stuff going to come up. You know what I'm saying? You're going to have to. People are going to play you. And you got to make sure your stuff is tight. Your contracts is tight. And you got to make sure say, if they don't. Because I'm not a person that. I'm not a hood nigga. I ain't going to fight you. I'm going to sue you. So. That's just what it, I'll take you. You may ain't got That's nothing, but I'm going to take you to small claims court for whatever dollar I can get out of you up to $5,000. If you got a little bit more money than that, and I'm going to, you know, get my attorneys involved to get you for something else. But sometimes you have to, because I've dealt with so many graphic designers and so many website people, so many photographers and all these people who just think they could just, you know what I'm saying? You mm-hmm. pay them and then they just go ghost on you, whatever. No, I'm suing you. So. Lawyer up, like my dude Tim say. <laughs> right, because you even have to lawyer up for small claims. Anything under 5000 you can represent yourself. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And that's just easy to go to the, the courthouse and just find, you got to know the address um, of where they at. And then they get a you know private investigator to find out their social security and all this stuff, whatever, to, to be able to claim. But yeah, to file it. But I say, because I'm not about to fight you. I'm not doing this. So, I'm too grown. I'm too classy to be doing social media wars with you. I'm just going to sue you. And you know, I think more just do good us, business. Just mo- do good business. Most more of us need to get comfortable with that shit. Like, yeah, especially you were talking about something earlier uh, with black businesses, and it was, I was thinking about it. It's like we just tend to have this this tendency to kind of want to operate like kind of substandard. Ugh. Like we just want to, you know, oh, I can cut corners here. I can just, ah, oh, we don't need that right now. You know, was like getting a lawyer, getting that CPA, getting your books in order. All these things are super damn important. But it helps you get those bigger clients and those bigger contracts. Like if your stuff, and I think that's what have done wonders for me, is that people see how I am professionally and how all my stuff, like I'm always on, I'm like not on time, I'm early. You know what I'm saying? Like these type of things that just, just shows clients, because again, I'm not looking for, you know, big mama to be my client. You know what I'm saying? I'm looking for the corporation to be my client. Mm-hmm. That's why I'm not big on social media because you, average person can't book me. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Because my fees are typically well above their actual budget for the event. Hit them with that percentage. <laughs> what we, 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 we talking? What we talking? We can tell the number. So talk that shit. We can, we can tell the number. So I, well, my fee is I'm 15% of your budget, minimum $10,000. So what that means is, so I am $10,000 per day, absolutely, period. So if your budget is only $50,000, I'm still going to get my uh, $10,000, period, for me to even show up so to me. you got to just operate off the forty. Yeah. Yep. You got to operate at the $40,000 because I'm going to take ten just for me to show up for that day. That's not even including my team. That's just for my rate for the show. So 15%. So if it's a $100,000 budget, 15% is... 15000 Right. So... You know, saying that goes up and go, you know, up to the cost of the event. But yeah, if it's a conference, um, three day conference, then a minimum thirty thousand dollars. So each day, I have to be paid a minimum ten thousand dollars for that. Now, somebody hearing this and saying, "Man, how the hell is he commanding these type of rates? I just don't get it. How, <laughs> how are you getting the charge this much to put on an event?" It is funny because some certain clients, like it's funny, I was at a function yesterday, and one client was talking to a potential client. You know, he high, he high, but he worth. I said, "No, no, 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 don't say that because I'm not high. I am worth what I charge." Like I said, like I, I, I give a an experience, and I give a. Um, I give you what you should be paying for. Mm. I say that because a lot of times people in contrast to me, organizations, well, we had blank company do it 
and it was a disaster. How much she paid them? I think they were like twenty five hundred. That's why. Mm-hmm. So like anything in this world, you get what, what you, you pay, pay for. for. So if you want a turnkey operation service, which I am, we handle everything from the event aspect. Only thing I don't do, like y'all know, I don't handle your marketing. So you can have one person show up to the to the event. If you say five hundred people, I'm gonna have a seven five hundred people. I don't care who show up to the event. It's not my problem. So I don't handle that, and I don't handle the programming piece from your organization. Meaning, I don't handle your talking points. Mm-hmm. So if you want to honor this person, if you want to show this and that, just let me know. I don't write that stuff. Whatever, that's on you. Everything else we handle. You know, saying from that perspective, and people have seen when they attend stuff, and like even with some of these corporate clients that I'm now getting and, and reaching out to, they're like, "Wow, I've never seen an event run so smoothly." It's because again, you pay for that service. Mm-hmm. Now, if you paid me what I used to be making ten years ago, five hundred dollars, fifteen hundred dollars, you wouldn't get you, none of you this. You ain't getting all. You ain't getting none of <laughs> we this. We ain't getting the nice shuttle buses. <laughs> you ain't. You ain't. Hey, oh no! I ain't gonna bust my head with that one of the last shuttle buses. Bro, Taylor's never it, been to one of my it, events. It, it was. It was Relax. like it wasn't just like some regular shuttle buses. It was like the luxury kind. You go sit on that beat, like. Ooh, and then the people actually nice. thought when they saw a shuttle, they actually thought that was gonna be like school buses. Yeah, I, I, no or, cap, nigga. I, <laughs> right, I'm saying I'm like, hey, do you not know who I am? But it's like, yeah, but I said, but again, that's just come reputation. That's why, again, and I have turned out, I turn on events all the time because, again, it's the integrity. And people understand that too. Like, I get people be desperate, you know what I'm saying, for, for, for gigs and for jobs, whatever. Mm-hmm. But your brand, your integrity is super important because, again, like, I won't take something that's going to ruin my rep because every, I don't have a social media presence. So my way of marketing is the old school way, word of mouth. So if you, like, yes, like some time ago, let me say yesterday, some time ago, there was people thought I did a function. I was like, no, 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 no. You know, so that was not my function because they saw me at it. Everybody assume if I'm at some place, then it's mine. Mm-hmm. But it's like, no, because you need to know the difference between a will surf forth for production, excuse me, and whatever that was. So it was like, I got to make sure people understand the difference in that. So just make sure your my brand is so crucial to me because I've built that brand over these 10 years. People are synonymous with if he do something, oh, you going it's going to be an experience. You're going to remember that shit, you know, saying 10 years down the road and not this old, you know, mess that everybody be doing. I love it. That's why I command when I command. And and the prices are going up, by the way. The price price went up. (laughs) Yesterday's price is not today's price. I love it. But I always say, too, like, it's, you know, I didn't start off that way, though. You know Mm -hmm. what I'm saying? And it's only because until I got to a certain level. And then people were telling me, like, you know, this is what we had budgeted for. Like, that one lady, we had this, we had that. I said, oh, okay. Got yeah, it. This is what I'm going to need. Right. But not just, but that's the thing, too. Like, but I deserve that Do, do you ask them that now? What is your budget for I this? I always do that. Oh, I tell anybody, people ask me that advice all the time. Good question. Like, how do you make sure? I always ask the individual, what is your budget? Before we have any conversation, what is your budget? So somebody that's dancing around the budget, how you get it? Do you like? Are you, you like? I'm not fucking with you. Yeah, because you know some people they'll be like, yeah, "Well, what is your budget?" Well, I'm not really sure. What do you got in mind? Like, now, let's tell people that you're not ready to have an event hmm. because you're not. Because you know, if I say, "Well, it, you know, I'm cool with the budget. What are you going to do?" Okay, three hundred thousand. Oh no! Oh my god! So you have a budget. So what's that number? You know what I'm saying? People are so irritated to me. People know what it is. Because if I throw out a, a crazy number, mm-hmm. you instantly going to be like, oh, my God, that's too much money. So then what do you have in mind then? But people, especially like, oh, my God, some of these organizations and stuff, like they they play that game, too. And I'm like, 
just it's okay if you can't afford me that people hate that too i'm like if you can't afford me you know saying that's fine maybe you get your money together you can give me a couple of years from now maybe you have to do a lesser you know <laughs> quality but that's fine but it's like there's nothing wrong with that but it's kind of silly but it also is to help them understand like i'm not i'm not about to play this game with you though mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying like i know what i bring to the table you contacted me because you know what i bring to the table that comes with a price you can't put on a Gucci suit at Walmart. You know what I'm saying? Like you can't go to Walmart and expect to buy Gucci. That Thanks. just it, it, it doesn't okay. happen that way. So you can't expect to have my type of level of production and pay me of that of somebody who first started off in this industry. It's just not gonna happen. And I'm not gonna accept it. And it's cool if you can't afford me. We just won't do business now, but maybe get your money together, we can do business then. Hmm. So I got one more question before we get into the last parts of the pod. You talked about your shows running really smoothly, mm-hmm. and you mentioned it earlier, the run of show. I think that's one of the biggest things that you've taught us. Like what? <laughs> like, it's one of the biggest blessings that you've taught us. Can you explain how important that is for an event to run? So the run of show, um, if people don't know, it's like that's like an outline of – Literally, from the time you step foot in that um, venue to the time you out of there, it, or even before, before like I venue, said, before yeah. you go to the venue, like you just you're listing out everything and you put a time on it to make sure that you stay on target and stay on task. So all big events, all major event people, like I said, have this because again, we don't leave nothing to chance. Mm-hmm. We want to make sure that we have it. So we're double we. This uh, document is made, you know, weeks before the actual event, and we make sure we kind of run off that. So the importance of running a show is because, again, it's literally by the minute, you know, so you have everything timed out. So I'm very timely on my events and people, clients don't believe when I say this, like, no, we will start on time and we will finish on time. Like, I'm dead ass to that, because especially when you're dealing with our people, people expect it to run late. But no, there's so much other cost that goes into that. When you do that, it just affects everything. So I'm very much so on time. And I tell people, too, like I have most of my events for clients, I tell them on the invitation, we have a time where we would close the doors. And I'm very serious on that. So if the event starts at, is a dinner, like a gala, if dinner is served at seven o'clock, we close the door at 6.30. You will not walk your monkey ass in these doors after 6.30. Cause you, like it's, it's rude, number one. You like say, who taught y'all? You know, saying number two. And it's like, I don't, and people are like, well, I pay, I don't care. If you pay, you pay the ticket price that you know from the invitation that you're supposed to be here by this time. And I don't care who you are. I have done so many events with so many celebrities, stuff like that. People be like, oh, it's such a, such a, such a. security. No, the doors are closed. So again, unless you're like the organizer of the event, which, and they understand too, because people, it's a certain time and place to have stuff done at a certain way. So, um, yeah, I think that's, that's going off on a tangent, but yeah. Uh, you were talking you, about you, the run of show and how important it was. Because, yeah. like, and I guess this is my, my thing with it, because once you showed us how run the shows work, we used it for the following event after and the first man. event you came to. And it was like Night the and weight day. lifted off of shoulders. It's just like, damn, bro, I got this outline game plan. But then here comes the other piece that I want to go into you, keeping people on task. Yeah. This goes back to that project management piece you were talking about. What are some ways to keep people on task? Because it's, it's easy. I'm not going to say it's easy, but in theory, it's always easier to create the run of show and have this perfect world scenario. But how does you how do you get it to translate to people actually always staying on time? And who are these people we're talking about? Your team? Yeah. Okay. So 
<laughs> Simple. Your team needs to understand the importance of the run of the show. If they don't understand the importance of the run of the show, they shouldn't be part of your team. Mm. So mm. I think, and that's just like, as you know me, I would take it, and I tell my team too, like, I can do this on my own, and I really could. I will kill myself on the event, but I will make sure it is, I will come to this venue 50 hours early if I need to to do all the stuff by myself to make sure it happens. I'm not allowing the team to hold me back. But I guess the part about just having discernment in who you select as a team member. Mm. Because the team should understand just how important this event is because, all, and again, pay your people well enough so that they, you know, they want to be there, stuff like that, right? But I said, again, if you're paying them well enough, and that should be cool. But also understanding this is important because if you want to make more money, we got to knock this one out the ballpark. Every situation you do is leveraging another situation that you could have. So if you don't knock this one out, then that, because again, everyone comes to functions or whatever y'all do, like say whatever anybody does, we're looking at that. People are seeing like how you act, how you are, how your functions run. If it's chaotic, if it's late, if it's whatever, it's like you don't know who those people are. And not even know who those people are, who they know. Mm. That's always, I'm like nice to everybody. That's one thing about me I've learned too is that People are like, you're so friendly. It's like I talk to the waiters at the West. I'm like, I'm cool with everybody. You know what I'm saying? I talk to people remember me. Because, again, they may be a, a, a McDonald's worker or whatever, but who they cousin? Who they best friend? You know what I'm saying? Like, you just don't know who somebody knows. Mm-hmm. And that's, again, that relationship currency is super important. It's because they may not seem important. Don't mean who they know is not important. That's a bar. That's a bar. No, <laughs> Real gems. no so, I hate that word. It's so overly used. I don't. It is overly used. Yeah, that so, gems is not. Don't so, put me in that category with them people who use that word. So I kind of want to get into. I want to get into like you know wrapping up the pod before we get into your face. Before we get, before we get into that, I have a few questions. I'm that, the set. Oh, okay, no, I have a few questions that I actually came up with myself. Oh, okay. So. You know, since this is Black Wealth Renaissance, mm-hmm. uh, one of the w. first questions I want to ask you is, are you frugal or are you a flexor? I'm definitely frugal. Super frugal. Mm-hmm. Like, I am not, anyone knows me, I'm not a name brand person. I shop at Burlington, TJ Maxx, and Sheen, and Boohoo Man. That's where all my clothes come from. Do I have closets full in my, in my house? Yes, they full of them. But what people would pay to flex on like a Gucci or a Balenciaga or something, I can get a whole closet full of stuff with that one shirt that they pay for or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I'm definitely very, very frugal. Um, but I've learned a long time ago that uh, I'm going to be me, period. I don't care. I can look better than whoever got on all this name brand stuff because I'm just going to be me. I'm going to wear it how I wear it. Mm-hmm. So I'm definitely very, very frugal. My sh- I set up a budget for myself a long time ago. And people think it's crazy, but this is actually true. For shoes, I think I told y'all before too. Uh, anything I don't, for a shoe, it's $50. Oh, okay. I don't buy shoes... Over $50. Boots, sneakers, any of that, under $50 is my thing. Now, I have two pairs of shoes that are my, um, my one is my workout shoe, one is my event shoe. That's like, because I'm on my feet a lot. Those are like 150 but all of just my normal clothes and shoes, 50 bucks. Now, if it's a suit, 150 is my max for a suit. 150 it, to pay for the whole suit? Pay for the whole suit. Because Give tailoring. Give stuff too? That's just the cost of the suit. Okay. So, you can buy a cheap suit, but once it's tailored, it looks. It nice. looks good. You know what I'm saying. So that's that. And then like for uh, pants, fifty bucks. Uh, shirts, twenty five. I don't spend more than twenty five dollars for a shirt. Mm. Um, that's what I said. This shirt, this H and M, this is probably twelve dollars. I go to Burlington, buy shirts all the time. Again, so yeah, I'm not a flexor at all. I think it's just ignorant. I'm like, 
People be flexing, be broke. That's like I don't get that. Like talk about it. Like, <laughs> like, like black, we we be talking about this shit all the time, bro. Niggas really love wearing their wealth. Like I think mm-hmm. it's it's something about black people. I really feel like it's the historical lack of like history validation. Like black people don't come from people typically who have money. So we think that and if when we have it, we have name, to show right? it. Yeah. And this is the only way to show we have money. Is I ain't going to always like that because in high school, because people would be like, uh-uh, you know, comments, whatever. I did. I was a person in high school, you know, so my mother could get us. So I was, she had a shopping problem. And I definitely had, when Jordans used to come out back in the day, every week I was had the new ones. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I wore Gucci and all that back in the day. I think when I got my own money and started paying stuff for myself and realized how much stuff costs, that's when I made that transition. Mm-hmm. And I don't think, I, I think it's not even a matter of, like I said, we like to wear, wear our wealth. It's just a matter of what we're shown. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying, there aren't too many black leaders. They look up to, people look up to these athletes, rappers, you know, entertainers, whatever they said, that yeah. whole thing. And these people have it. You know what I'm saying? But they, and that's a part of the image as well. That's what I'm saying. So that's what, so we're, they're mimicking mm-hmm. what they see. So if, and these, whatever these rappers are, I don't know their names, but if they, they had it, they think they should have it. And that's, and that's the, that's the problem. I think I say, once we change who we look up to as a community, then I think that'll change as well. Yeah. I just need the culture to stop loving fucking scat packs. Stop getting the scat back, my nigga. You got a twenty eight percent interest rate because your credit bad. Stop. Yeah. I, I agree. All the type of like I said, certain certain stuff. I just wouldn't. If you if somebody gave me that vehicle, I just wouldn't. It's just it's too identifiable with a certain type of individual that's just like no, I, I you couldn't pay me. You couldn't give me that car or give me certain things. Yeah, okay. Me so I got two more questions. But I'm very frugal. Very frugal. Okay, so you're frugal. I spend money a lot, but frugal. Second, how how are you building wealth for your future? So right now, I would say this is my uh, getting back to a zero playing field right Mm -hmm. now year. Um, Because, again, from those two years of not having anything, again, we I wasn't prepared. Most people are not prepared to go, you know, saying a week, let alone a year and a half, two years. So. I'm gonna be honest. A lot of stuff I had to let just say let it go with God and say fuck it. I can't pay it. You know what I'm saying? So and it was again. I had buildings. I had equipment. There's a lot of stuff that I had in my name that I just had to be like you know whatever. So now and I, it's digging myself out of debt this year. Mm-hmm. So and I'm thank the Lord that it's been a, so far. It's been a really good year for my event company stuff like that where I have been able to you know almost be done with because I let it like credit card. You know like when you. Business, credit card, all this stuff. I just mm-hmm. had so much money, you know, in debt that, you know, you think, oh, you get to it, you get to it. But I'm like, I couldn't pay it. Um, so that's part of my whole depression stuff of thinking about, oh, my God, I got all these bills that I have to pay. And I just couldn't pay it. And then I said, again, yeah, I'm like, okay, the bill go whip my ass. What's the what's the bill going to do? You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> they ain't pulling up in my crib. <laughs> they ain't pulling on Yeah, my credit score going to be shot, you know what I'm saying, to, well, you to can death. Fix that. But I can fix it at some point. You know what I'm saying? So I just let it all go. Um, like I said, is it a bunch of, is it like almost a hundred something thousand dollars in debt? Oh, absolutely. You know what I'm saying? So that's my thing this year. So once I get that on, you know, together, then it's like we marching in the, an arena of wealth. I'm not one of those people who have, you know what I'm saying, all these years mapped out. I'm definitely not that person. I'm like a year at a time type of person. 
You know what I'm saying? Because I think that's what had me so bad in, in the stress world and where I had a mental breakdown because I was just mapping out my life too far in advance. So, and I'm like sticking to these ungodly expectations on myself. Okay, when I'm here, I need to be here. When I'm at this age, I need to be da 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 da. And that's just like so much pressure and stress for me. So now I'm just a year in advance. Mm-hmm. This is my goal for 2022. We, you know, check, check, check. If I didn't do this this year, add it to the 2023 goals. And that's what I do. So I'm not, I'm not one of those who push out 50 years. I know that may sound bad to some, but that's just how I live my life. I appreciate the transparency yeah. about yeah. that. Even like with you speaking on the debt situation, because we talked about this with Tim. In our community, debt is like such a taboo thing. It's like whenever we talk about entrepreneurship, that's another one of those rose-colored glasses type topics that people kind of do. Whenever you pursuing some of these things and things get hard, sometimes you end up taking you end up debt. in debt. Like I had to use credit cards to fund my life for a long time. When I was like, this was ten years. You know, I so said every year in my event world was not a good year. You know what I'm saying? So it's been years that I have a, a, a Discover card that it sued me um, because it's like fifty some thousand dollars. So that that credit card was literally my only source of income. You sued me over six thousand. Oh, it was fifty thousand. So that's my only source of income for probably like eight months. And again, being whatever I was, and people expecting me to be um, successful, I'm still acting like I got money. Mm. And that's the problem. I'm still taking trips. I'm still going to dinners. I'm using this credit card that is my only source of income to make. And that's the thing, too, about And I learned about myself, too, about other people. People, like, ask you, how are you doing? How's your business doing? Oh, we good. We good. We good. No, the fuck we're not. We're drowning over here. But you'd be so embarrassed to say that. I said, because we have created these, these utopias of, of bullshit where we believe that as soon as you start business, you're going to be successful. And it's like, no, there's ups and then there's downs. And then it's the hardest part for people to acknowledge is when you're up and then you go down, like you, it's hard for you to tell people that you're down. Mm. And that's why I said, again, they have racked up their credit cards because of, I couldn't be honest with myself, let alone with other people be like, you know what? I'm broke. I haven't done an event in a very long time. And it's like, people are like, hey, you know, I'm doing good. Oh, we're doing real good. We good. But it's like exterior. People think I'm good because I'm still dressing the way I'm still going on trips. People, my friends are making money. I'm still, I'm there, you know, going to brunches, going to whatever, wiping this credit card. And that's why I got 50 some thousand dollars on discover card with a judgment. And the crazy part about the judgment is that my court date was during the time I was in a mental hospital. So I could even go to court because I was on a 10 day mandatory hold at the mental hospital. So they did a def- default judgment and the judge didn't care that I was in a mental hospital. So that taught me a lesson too about all that as well. But yeah. Okay, last question. <laughs> Do you have life insurance? Yes. Who needs an alarm in the morning when McDonald's has sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddles and a breakfast cutoff? Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. So I've been in life insurance because my best friend passed away from leukemia at 21. We was in college. So... I learned then at that point, everybody has a different situation when you learn when, hey, we're not meant to live until we're old. You know, it don't matter. We can die today. So great, brilliant person, nice person, all the above, but our senior year of college, leukemia, and died from that. So when he passed away, I got life insurance. I have $2 million on me. Yeah. Okay, good nigga. Yeah. 
So and a lot of other Y'all better not try to off my nigga <laughs> Nah, nah, nah We ain't doing none of that And my mom is a sole beneficiary Right now uh, said, And then she would be Yeah, happy for that She wouldn't be happy nah, but Nah, 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 nah. I mean, She wouldn't be happy, man nah. I think she would rather her son than the mom Right, like I said I tell people Like I was My funeral My funeral festival Because it wouldn't be a typical funeral it would be several hundreds of thousands. This nigga dollars. probably got a running show written for his funeral. <laughs> That's some crazy <laughs> shit. It's already that, made. That is like, crazy shit. It's funny because I want it. Because you, if I swear to God, anybody who put a rest in peace t shirt with my face on it, I literally, you should be shot to kill right there. Because <laughs> why? So you can come back at home. I, I say all that. Well, you go to, you could do shot and kill and go to hell. Because why are you wearing a rest in peace t shirt? You don't want to cheat the airbrush? Absolutely cheat? not. I would I would roll over my grave so many times I would just fall out. <laughs> just like, don't do it. But don't even no, do it. Just, just to get more on that life insurance tip, I think it's super important. Like you said, you got somebody might hear two million and be like, man, that's a lot of coverage. But you own a house. Yeah, it depends on what you have too. Like you, say, you, yeah. You have a business. other bills, you have yeah. businesses. So this life insurance is not just to be like, oh, this is for my funeral. Right, just, this yeah. is to take care of and make sure that if I'm no longer here, stuff can still stuff operate. is taken care of. Yeah, and that's what it is, and that's, and that's why I had that much because those things can continue to operate in my pre- you know, in my absence. Excuse me, well, in my presence, I still be there, but yeah, but my absence, yes, I'll be still over people's shoulder all the time. <laughs> so because. now I get to ask you my favorite question. Okay. Jerry, I like your three questions, but you got to keep them. He up. Did, I like, like them. He he in your bag, hey man, I told you. I'm here to win championships, baby. Yeah, he can't win it this time. He yeah. said he coming, for, you know, for the the W. Yeah, uh, he's going to keep it. He said he came for the W, so he said, all right, come with it. All right, Will, so my my favorite question, and you kind of maybe answered it a bit. I probably did. You know, so my- what, is your, what is a personal finance tip or principle that you live by that you would like to share with our audience? Hmm, that's a good question. I think budgeting. Budgeting is a, is a big one. I have... Probably six different accounts, um, you know, from business, personal, and I used so all of them have a different purpose. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm really big with making sure that I keep different buckets and different things. So like, I use a credit card for everything for all my you know purchases, whatever. And I have one account just used to pay off that credit card every time. And I definitely believe in that. Like, say after going through what I went through with Discover. Thank the Lord that Capital once even gave me a credit card because <laughs> being sued for 50K, you know what I'm saying, it's one thing. But I believe in that that whole thing of paying off the credit card at the uh, statement date. Mm-hmm. So I just do that. So I have one account just used for that. Um, and then, you know, one account for this uh, particular. Usually I have about four or five events running at the same time. So I try to keep their, you know, funds and, yeah, funds and some separate type of accounts. And then my own, you know what I'm saying, uh, personal account. I'm going to be honest too because I barely keep any money in my personal accounts because I don't know if Discovery trying to garnish my wages so I keep everything <laughs> in my business account. So like if Discovery tried to garnish my wages because you can't, t- can't touch my business account. So it's like my personal account may have $100 max at a time in there because you won't. If you garnish, you're getting $100. <laughs> but these these business accounts, Lord Jesus, I mean, I would, I, if they garnish those but they can't because it's in my business name. So I'm just saying that's why. Just to, so keep it all, keep it all separate. Keep I say, yeah. separate and get a business account, people. Like I mean, get a business account if you have a business, but just get accounts. Like this day of Cash App stuff and all, you know, Cash App, Kathy's and Venmo, Veronica. Yeah, just like I mean, just get you a bank account. And I understand the complexities of you had issues before 
and stuff like that. But just clean that stuff up. Clean up those charge-off accounts and your stuff. Just get a real account. And it's, I'm amazed that, going back to the sponsorship question you mentioned, that there's people I know who work in these department sponsorships. They'd be like, they're ready to fund, you know, pity dollars, thousand dollars, two thousand. And then people would be like, hey, uh, can you cash that to me? How do you go to a huh? corporation? Right. How do you go to a, a Chase or a whatever, GM Financial, whatever type of company is going to sponsor your event and ask them to cash up yeah, you? Yeah, that's crazy. The sponsorship money. And this is like no joke. This happens. People think our, our people believe that Cash App is like the way no one's going to a reputable company is not going to pay you in Cash App. Cash App don't have no direct deposit. It does, does it? I don't know. I'll I think they do, the, do have direct deposit. Now. I don't, I don't yeah, know. I don't, I don't know. There ain't no bank account. But you can't like ACH it or something like yeah, that. So it's like, that. Yeah. huh? I say you cannot do that. Right, I'm saying. That's what a lot of companies and stuff do ACH payments or whatever. I'm sure they'll talk about that as some of what that means. But yeah, my background is in banking. But yeah, it's just that. So just get your stuff together, people. But we're going to teach you um, because I have a festival coming up. And yes, yeah, yeah, talk yeah. About talk, about it. It. talk about it. Talk about it. Talk about it. So I have a festival coming up in Detroit in April 2023. It's called We Are Dope Fest. So dope stands for doing our part through educating, empowering, and entertaining. So we talk about all this stuff again about how do we make sure we become financial literacy, financial, financially literate individuals and how do we make sure that it's entertaining? Like we mentioned before, we don't have leaders, so we use athletes, entertainers. So for dope, I understand all that. We use people to teach you those components. So we entertain you by the performances, but then we get in those conversations, get those nuggets. So stay tuned for that. Um, they're actually on my board yes, sir. For, <laughs> for my dope. For my dope, for dope. Um, but that's coming. Like I said again, we are and and speaking of like sponsorships or like that too. That's been a great, a great way of actually pulling in some pretty big sponsors for that as well. Man, dope fest is gonna be crazy, yeah, bro. I already know it's gonna be, be insane. Crazy. Like April twenty twenty three. I don't know whenever we're gonna put tickets on sale, but you're gonna hear about it if you're listening to the podcast. Uh, but I promise y'all, this is not one y'all want to yeah, miss out. Y'all on. don't like, want to miss this. The one. vision he painted for me. The, this was the first. Not time even he, the vision that he painted. He actually showed us renderings. That's I was like, saying, yo, and that's what I mean. Like doing that sponsorship packet. Like say it again. Like say, remember we had talked to a financial institution. We uh, one of them, one of the big ones, and they what, remember they mentioned like this is the best deck they've ever mm-hmm. seen. And some of these companies get decks, a sponsorship deck. You know what I'm saying? All the time. But it's like, I put so much work. This is a concept, right? There's no proven track record or history. But it's like, I knew that. So I had to make sure I showed renderings. Again, I had to put my, I had to make sure I did my homework to make sure this. I couldn't just do some half-ass deck. I had to put the renderings in. That's what's so important. So I paid some money for those renderings to make sure that the potential sponsors can see the vision that I had. I can't just be talking about it. Oh, I got a vision, but I had to be able to see it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. That's the part. That's that's an important thing. Take your time with these sponsorship decks. Make sure that they are thorough and that you are always focused on what is the sponsor getting. Again, just a just their logo on something that does those days is dead. They want to talk in front of your people. They want to have a, a a role where they can speak directly to the, the actual target yeah target audience. And then again, it fit their initiatives that they have for that year. This has been fun, we, we gentlemen. We're gonna call it gyms. We're gonna call it game. We're gonna just say it's game. That's 
more game from Will. You don't uh, like West, game West, either? I got something. Oh, damn. I need something that's going to be nuggets. coins. He likes nuggets. Yeah, I think nuggets is cool. I'm cool that's with cool. nuggets. I like nuggets as well. Regular nuggets. So I'm a chicken nugget. <laughs> you a chicken nugget person? I like a chicken nugget. <laughs> well, man, Will, I want to I like chicken nuggets. I'm you not. do look like a chicken nugget. <laughs> yeah, I'm not playing with y'all, but Will, bro, I want to like a chicken nugget. Cut the cameras. Cut the cameras. I, I want to say thank you so much for opening up your home to us, bro. Yes, sir. Uh, doing this episode with us. Only like to I you. Said. Jalen's not walking my home anymore, okay? <laughs> he devalues the property, okay? As soon as he walked in, the neighbor said, what's going on? Our property values wow. are declining. You're, it's the niggas that come Th- that's to the a good bet. area. That's a bet. I remember that. You devalue the Don't invite me to shit over here again. Devalue the neighborhood. For all the people who want to follow you, I know you say you be iffy about who you that follow you on social media. You know, media. I'm a, like I can say you can follow me at BWR. Say no, what's that? Fuck. But no, my social media is uh, Surfforth, S I R, the number four, O U R T H, is my personal, and then Surfforth underscore events is my event company. Both, I never really post. So like I said, we gotta do we gotta do better on that though. Man, look, that you ain't gotta lie. do better because like that social media shit is great for what it's good for, but if you don't need social media to operate, I don't think. Yeah, like, like, I post stories. I'm a story poster yeah. on my personal. Yeah, y'all catch him on Sundays. He dropping his fit on there. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, we we, we we do that. Like I said, tapping again, his toe at the church as well. Yeah, but most like I said, most of my clients are corporate. Yeah. So like I said, they they not looking for my Instagram to to book me for that. Like I said, if I did personal events. You know, baby showers, weddings, stuff like that, then for sure. But I don't do those type of events. I do do them for the right price. Let me say that. So I have done a wedding for like $1.3 million budget. But that was in Seattle. That was, a, um, yeah. Okay, big flex. Big, big money talk. <laughs> big flex. <laughs> big money talk. Yeah, but. and that 15% was nice on that budget. Yeah, okay, yeah. big flex. I bet. Again, Shit, Will. This has been fun, though. So this is well overdue. We need to do yeah. this again weekly. Thank you, bro. We're going to hop into some house cleaning items before we get up out of here. As always, thank you for tapping into the Blackwell Renaissance podcast. We appreciate you listening week in and week out. Like my brother Jalen letting y'all know, y'all make sure y'all leave us that five-star rating and review and share this with somebody that you know can benefit from it. Hey, also, if you're watching this on YouTube, hit that little noti bell, yeah. subscribe, make sure you tap in weekly as well. Yeah. And look, y'all, we in a motherfucking recession. They, it's official. Ain't no more if, ands, or Big Romy say he don't give a damn yeah, what yeah, the hell got to happen. They he fighting this month, inflation. We about, to, we about to probably bump the federal funds rate up. I ain't about to get into all that shit. The, the interest rates keep rising. Inflation is a problem. And right now, more than ever, it's important that you're taking care of your personal finances. Mm-hmm. So what we at BWR are doing, we started the Stack Summer Challenge. Uh, to be a part of Stack Summer, man, we out here, we focus on our health, our wealth, and just getting our shit together. Because right now, it's more crucial than ever to save your money to invest. So if Facts. you take the word Stack to 337-455-7778, You'll be part of the Stack Summer Challenge. Go You'll get daily them. and weekly texts that'll help you stay on target, stay on task, uh, stay encouraged throughout this challenge. How much have you stacked so far? How much have I stacked mm-hmm. so far? 2500 How much have you stacked so far? Nigga, I'm still digging out the hole, so I, <laughs> I, 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 I stack $800 right now. Okay, I that's just, still, that's I, still I, I, It's only been getting, summer ain't really started yet. Yeah, summer started but two I, days ago. I, it's... 
it's still like I told myself. My goal is 10000 My goal is 5000 for the summer. Two more checks from the IA job, and I should start having some, like, okay, nigga, you making some progress now. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But we get, we in this thing together. That's, that's the point of it. Stack summer, like I mentioned to you, look, our situations ain't always perfect. Yep. We pursued entrepreneurship, ended up accruing some personal debts. Guess what? Now we on the same journey with y'all. Y'all join us. Yes, sir. I ain't got nothing else to say. I ain't got nothing either. You know, I have a couple of things I'm just talking about. <laughs> <laughs> well, on that note, y'all, this is Black Wealth Renaissance signing out. Peace. And so forth. Hey there. Ever thought about what makes your heart beat a little faster? Oh, you mean like when you discover a new track that just speaks to you? Yeah. Or finding a movie that you can't stop thinking about? Well, get ready to feel that excitement all over again because Amazon Prime is here to take your entertainment and shopping experience to the next level. Absolutely. Prime isn't just about getting your packages quicker. It's about diving into a world of endless possibilities, from the latest releases to exclusive content you won't find anywhere else. And don't even get me started on the music. Prime offers concert specials that will transport you right to the front room. It's like being at the hottest gigs without leaving your living room. I use Prime to tap in with some of my favorite artists' live shows from any and every genre of music. Trust me, Prime is a game changer. It's like having a personalized superstore and entertainment hub right at your fingertips. So why wait? Head over to Amazon.com forward slash Prime and start experiencing entertainment like never before.